Hello, listeners, and welcome once again to Chad and Chelsea, a Chelsea FC fan podcast. We are those two fans. Once again, I am Tyler, joined by the lovely wife, Maria. Maria, how are you? This lovely Sunday. It's another weekend, another Chelsea match review, and another case of points dropped. I'm feeling great. <laughs> it was a great match. I love the red card. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was a great match. Yeah, certainly. No, not really. We can we can definitely leave once again disappointed. Uh, this month of September has been just shit. shit. I'm kind of ready for this month of September. I mean, we're looking at uh, a 1-0 loss to Nottingham Forest, a 0-0 draw against Bournemouth, and then losing today against Aston Villa, 0-1 to at home at Stanford Bridge. Um, so the entire month of September has no goals, although we did have the two-week international break in there, so maybe one less game played. But uh, still, pretty disappointing. Um, it, felt like, it felt like this was a winnable game. Um, Aston Villa, we didn't even talk about this in the match preview last week. Aston Villa um, in the Conference League this year, so traveling to Poland to play a Poland team in the uh, Conference League and uh, losing that game 3-2 to two and, you know, having to travel on a Thursday and travel back to England, whereas Chelsea got a whole week to kind of uh, rest from the match against Bournemouth and then uh, prepare for this Aston Villa match, you certainly would have felt that we should have kind of ran them off the pitch, right? That should have been the expectation. Again, the skills were there. But we did nothing with it. Yeah, just can't get the ball in the back of the net. It's, it's a common, common theme. We keep saying it over and over again. That, And I still feel that overall this season, going way back to the you know deliverable match in August, um, that we have been... The performance is better. I feel like the performance is better. It and is. I still can't walk away from this game saying that we weren't... That we were the lesser team. I, I still... I find it hard to say that. I know a lot of people are tired of hearing about, well, the performance is good, but we just need the goal. I know people are tired of saying that because goals are a part of the performance and to have it overall. We had many chances, too. Yeah, you can't say there weren't chances. You can't say. Um, Jackson had the clear chance uh, from the Mudrick ball that he played in. Uh, Chilwell had a chance in on goal. Sterling certainly had one. It was a tough angle, but still, you know, you want to see better. Um Multiple chances. Saucy had a chance. The stupid yellow cards that he has gotten is annoying as hell to me. Yeah. Okay. You're referring to Nicholas Jackson. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that's it. He picked up his fifth yellow card today, so he'll be suspended for the Met next... Um, see, I don't know if he's suspended for the uh, the Carabao Cup game in the midweek or if it's the next Premier League match. Um, so if he's missing the Carabao Cup game in the midweek, then I guess, you know, I guess he, maybe maybe that's the best time to get one, I guess, but... um, Like, if you disagree with, with the guy, go up to him. The referee. Just go up to him yeah. and, and, and be a, a an adult that you are and say, I disagree. Um, what's the cause for it? Don't go flying your stupid hand up like, hey, that should have been a yellow card. When you already know, there's a new regulation. It's a new rule about that where you can't do the yellow card motion to the referee anymore. It's, um, and I think I want to say like three of his five yellow cards were that, which is to send. Today, his yellow card was for... Um, Emmy Martinez was trying to take like a quick free kick after it was like either an offsides, I believe. And he just kind of steps in front of the ball and prevents Emmy Martinez from kicking it. And it's just, you can't do that. You got to give him six yards of space. It's, it's interrupting the flow of the game. Uh, you can't do that. It's really, really silly. I know he's a young man, but I mean, at this level, you can't do that. You can't have five yellow cards in six games for a forward, by the way. I mean, a defender and three of them for exactly what I just spoke about. The yellow card. Yeah. You know, I mean, what are you, fucking 10-second Bob from the Adam Sadler movie and you just forgot that the regulation exists? Great yeah? reference. Great reference. You know what I'm saying? It's a great movie. 10-second Bob. I think it's 10-second Bob. Whichever, yeah. I'm sure many people know wh- which character I'm referring to. I just yeah. like, at this point, come on. Sandler's got so many movies. I think it was Rob Schneider, right? He played 10-second Bob? Was it Rob no, Schneider? No, it, was it, was, it, it wasn't. It was one of his other friends, though. He's got so many. It was in, uh, I think, 50 Days, 50 Nights or something. First 50 Dates that, or something? Something like that. Yeah. But anyway, I'm sure you guys hopefully can get catch the reference. <laughs> He's got so many buddies that he brings in those yeah, he movies. he does. He does. It's like the same crew every time. Um, Yeah. I mean, we're going to go down with a one-nothing loss. Uh, only one point picked up in the entire month of September. Uh, there was something, there was some kind of crazy stat where I think it was um, seven wins in their last 34 matches. If you date back to like uh, the beginning of 2023, that's that's a bom- that's an abomination. That's like that's more than one out of every four. I mean, that's bad. I have nothing to say. I mean, seven seven I'm wins just, in 34 uh... matches. I mean, it's and it's a new set of players. It's a new manager, so it doesn't even go back. 
you know, some of that record doesn't even go back to these guys. Um, again, I think the it's, it's hard to say, I can't, but I really do think the performance was good. It's just they can't finish. Uh, they need to go. I feel like if they go up one nothing in a game, you'll see them start to cruise. Um, and they just can't. They can't get that first goal in the first half. Like I want to. They just... have plenty. They had plenty of chances too in the first half. They did. And uh, let's not even talk about the two extra minutes that were taken away by the ref because he's a freaking that moron. was that was cringe. I don't know what he was doing okay. there. I don't know what he was doing there. Emmy Martinez takes thirty seconds to take a free kick, and then he blasts it up to midfield. And you look at the clock and, and you hear a whistle going. You're like, "What? Is someone off sides from the goal kick?" No, he's blowing for halftime when there's at least. 90 seconds left. And if you consider that uh, Luca Digne um, had his bloody nose and he had to be, you know, they had That's to kind of time. treat him for that. That's 30 seconds there. So there was at least two minutes left at the end of the half. I don't know what he's blowing the whistle there for. I have no idea. Uh, we'll go over the starting lineups now. Get that out the way. Uh, Chelsea went with um, what you would consider a 4-2-3-1 at times. And really the same lineup as last week against Bournemouth, except uh, Moises Caicedo coming back into the team for Leslie Ugochuku. Robert Sanchez in goal. Levi Colwell. Thiago Silva, Axel Tassasi, and Malo Gusto playing a back four. And then a midfield three of Moises Caicedo, Connor Gallagher, and Enzo Fernandez. Enzo certainly playing uh, the higher of the three. And then a front three of Mikhailo Modric, Nicholas Jackson, Raheem Sterling. Uh, substitutes uh, were Cole Palmer, Leslie Ugochukwu, uh, Ben Chilwell, and Armando Broya making his return. Um, yeah. We had always heard for weeks and weeks that he was close, and we weren't sure if he was going to play with the under-21s. He still can play for the under-21s to get some more minutes, but now we have a you know we have a midweek match, and uh, not sure if Jackson's going to be suspended for that one <laughs> or the the one next Monday. But um, either way, we might need Borea to play a role very quickly after come back from his injury. So uh, he got about 19, 20 minutes in Broya. I mean, didn't really do anything. Didn't really get the ball too much. I mean, yeah. at, at that point, you know, the red card already happened. Um, I was hoping for at least fifteen minutes for him, but I mean, and he got that. Yeah, but the way he got it. Not the way I was hoping. No, no, he got that. There was one point where he, you know, he got the ball at the edge of the wing and he tried to take a shot and it got blocked. And that was, that was maybe his highlight was, uh, he made a couple of runs, but certainly wasn't able to receive the ball in any space. Um, Aston Villa went with Emmy Martinez in goal, Luca Digne, Pal Torres, uh, Esri Consa, and Matty Cash. And then a uh, midfield of uh, Douglas Louise and uh, Kamara. And then a uh, front three, uh, midfield three of um, the Italian Zanillo, who's on loan from, uh, Galatasaray, where Ziyech is playing. Um, Musa Diaby, John McGinn, their captain, and Ollie Watkins um, at striker. Ollie Watkins was the lone goal scorer of this game. And he hadn't scored this this entire year in the Premier League, and he is a proven goal scorer. So for him to not score and then, you know, get his first goal against Chelsea, uh, hey, we are Charity FC, aren't we? Yes, yes, we are. Um, so obviously the big controversial Topic of this was Malaguso's red card in the 58th minute. Who and he had had a pretty good game up until that. He did. That minute. I mean, he was bombasting towards uh, down the right hand side. Um, lots of space, um, and a lot of players were finding that ball for him. Caicedo, Silva, and Enzo. They were finding him on that right hand space, and he was getting a lot of decent crosses. And there was one cross that, I, that definitely should have been scored on by um, Enzo. I think he had a really good ball in yeah. Enzo, and Enzo just decided to like open his body up and shoot with his left foot when he, when he's right-footed. That was really strange. I think he should have taken that first time, tried to curl it in the back post yeah. maybe. I just don't think that technique was right there. Look, um, the thoughts on the red card? I'll let you go first. Um, I think we're in agreement that a yellow would have been the right call because... He did win the ball. He won. The, he wins the ball first. He goes up with a stud up, and it goes into Digne's left foot and and you know his ankle kind of crunches and it almost it looks it looks like an ankle breaker but in slow-mo yeah but when he slid for it he made contact with the ball once he got contact with the ball the other player kept going because i mean at that momentum you can't help it both of them couldn't help it like he wasn't aiming for yeah his Leg. Yeah. He wasn't aiming for that. He's got, yeah. Only thing I can say is that he's got to try to do that slide tackle without keeping the stud up because exactly. if, you keep the, if you keep the stud down, they don't they don't care where I you get, connect him. I get why they did it, but I feel, in my opinion, that he aimed for the ball. He grabbed the, he hit, you know, he, he got contact with the ball and then, you know. Um, he followed through with the stud exactly. up. Exactly. I mean, looks, you're already sliding. Where the hell do you want him to go? Yeah, and it looks so much worse when it you know you when, they, when they slow it down. I think the original yellow call, yellow card call was the correct call. 
um, which I don't think this referee had a good game by any means. I think he had a pretty poor uh, offici- oh, very, officiate. I, very. He was not very good. Um, but that call, I think he originally got right. And as soon as they send him to the monitor, it's getting changed. Like nine times out of ten, they well, get he, to the he monitor. He was there a long time. Like yeah, He didn't fact, know whether to do it or not. The but... fact he looked at it like 70 times, it ac- it made me get like a little bit of hope. And then and then you could see with the way he starts walking back. You're like, okay, he's giving the red. God damn it. <laughs> he's just yeah. like... I mean, at that point, it's a 0-0 game in the 15th minute. We kind of look like the better team at that point. Um, Sanchez had made some crazy saves to that point, and uh, it was looking like he was keeping us in the game. And we were get, we were just like, okay, we just need one of these chances to go in, and maybe we get a, a penalty kick or a set piece, and we get, or maybe it's an own goal opportunity. Like, we just need some kind of like gritty goal to let us go up one nothing, and we could win this game. And you know, the red card it ruined the match. Yeah. It ruined the match. Uh, I don't agree with it. I think it, I think a yellow was the correct call. Uh, you know, once he goes, once he goes to the monitor, it's over. It's over. Um, and you know, I just don't think we're a team that can get a red card and can come back from it. I don't think we're built that way no. yet. Now, you know, now you look at this bench and you're like, well, who's he supposed to put on? I mean, the only one I could see to make a difference is Cole Palmer, and I thought he did very well going on um yeah let we, let's start talking about some individual performances let's talk about robert sanchez first look i want to preference it before i give him some praise because i will give him some praise he was piss poor on that goal i mean he was bad on that goal i mean levi colwell did his absolute best to get back yeah get a touch on the ball it comes off his shin and it unfortunately ricochets right back to watkins yes first and that angle that angle that watkins at i'm sorry you shouldn't be getting scored on in the premier league you shouldn't be getting scored on from that angle i mean he is he's way off to the side i mean he's I mean, he's damn near at the end line, yeah. and it goes in between DeSantis' legs, which, I mean, you just can't get scored on in between the legs as a keeper, unless it's like a clear 1v1 counterattack. I'm not trying to, okay, I'm not going to, I'm going to sound like I'm giving him excuses, Sanchez, but to be very honest, he was tested more than the other goalkeeper. Absolutely. So I'm sure by that point, he was just exhausted, too. Not that I'm again trying to give him excuses. And it's hard but, to be perfect and make save after save after save, know? but at this level, you kind of... It's just, it's just the, that the fact that he saved the really difficult ones and then he lets that go, that really frustrates <laughs> me. But it does show me that, okay, he does have like some really like savable moments yes. in a game where he can really... I mean, that that shot from the edge of the box from Luca Digne, who just <clears throat> at, gets really, really good contact with his left foot on mm-hmm. first-time ball. It looks like it's just screaming in the net and Sanchez pulls off like that cat aerobatic. Yeah, he did. Where he just looked like a cat like grabbing a ball out the air or something and... Really, really good save, and then he made another good save later in the first half, and was looking. And then um, I think after he let in the goal, you know, he was he was fine then too. He commanded the he commanded the box pretty well. Um, didn't really make any mistakes. Was decent with his feet. He had one pass out to Chilwell on the left wing that went out of bounds, and you could see Chilwell like yell at him. At that point, there was like four minutes left in the game, and everyone was just kind of frustrated. I don't really blame him for that kind of ball. He's just trying to spring an attack forward. You know, a team with ten men. I mean, you need someone to spring a crazy. You know, counterattacking ball through, and he tried that, and yeah. it didn't get to Chilwell. Um, anyone else you want to specifically chat about? I want to bring up Mikhailo Mojirk today. Um, ends up getting subbed off in the 60th minute um, as a result, really as a result of the red card. I would argue that maybe we should have taken Sterling off and kept Mojirk on because I think as a 10 man team, if you're looking at like, well, the only way we're going to score is a dangerous counterattack with 10 men and they play a high line Aston Villa. We saw a lot of their high line today and we knew that coming in that they play a super high line and there's going to be a lot of offsides calls. But that's the thing when you play the, if you play the high line, if you get it just right where you're just on sides, all of a sudden you're springing an attack for it. And we saw that a couple of times and yeah. didn't result in a goal. And I still think if I still think if we would have played 20 minutes more, we would have got a goal. Uh, unfortunately, the game is not 130 minutes <laughs> and we ended up getting 11 minutes of out of time there in the game. Plenty of opportunity. I'm not going to say like, that they shouldn't, that they should have scored, you know, that they deserve not to score. Like, it's they, they got to finish better. They, but they, yeah, they, they, the skill set is there. It's they just can't. Just the finishing. Yeah, that's it. It is. Um, and the final ball. Sometimes, exactly. sometimes the final ball is a bit poor. Uh, but back to Mildred real quick. I mean, he, he absolutely burned Maddie Cash one point uh, yeah. when when he finally got a one v one because he wasn't yeah. getting many one v one opportunities. Because as soon as he would receive the ball, you would see either Kamara or Douglas Louise shift over and give them a 2v1, I mean, he would have, kind of have to pass back. I mean, that's just the kind of player he is. Like, they know he's dangerous in a 1v1. But, man, when he's when he gets in that space and there's just space on the left side, he's he is scary. Like, he can get past someone easily. And uh, a lot of times, I remember last season, his final ball was being criticized. He played in a really good cross, but I believe his left foot, too. 
and you know Jackson and Fernandez and Sterling just no one got on the end of it. It was no. but it was such like a skim and ball across the uh, the penalty area, and uh, it should have been finished. We need to be faster. Yeah, a little bit to c- catch up. Yeah, there there was a couple times where Sterling was like not, which is what he's known for is really running in the box at a fast speed, and it's kind of disappointing that what he's known for he didn't. We didn't really see. I'm sure he was absolutely knackered in that second half, especially being the only forward left when Jackson and Mudrick got subbed off and, you know, before Broya came on. At one point, he was the only forward. I'm sure he was absolutely tired, and, you know, I think he played the whole game last week, too. And yeah. I, I just need him to just run a little harder to try and uh, get those goals because some, some of the balls were there. Um, let's talk about two players that disappointed me today, Jackson and Fernandez. I just I Something was off with those two today, Jackson was offsides a lot. I know he's trying to time the run perfectly. He's really good at making those runs and decide when to, but he was just offsides a lot. Um, he got that really good chance where Mudrick played that beautiful pass in. Yeah. And he kind of, to- you know, in that position, I wouldn't necessarily uh, hate on the toe poke. I'm a toe poker myself when we play in the adult rec league. Uh, but if you're going to toe poke it, you, you kind of have to hit it in the far corner or in between the keeper's legs. Yeah. And he tries to hit it like uh, to Martinez's right. Uh, for the near post and you know it's a tough angle to score from and it's it's not easy it would certainly be a better angle for a left footer to try and score from i think he needs to do better in that chance um enzo i don't know man i don't know man he's not really playing he's not he's not good enough to be playing in the box like he's not a runner in the box like if a ball yeah. if a ball's coming in he's not a skilled enough to run in the box and like take a shot first time that's just not the kind of midfielder he is he's not like a box to box where like he's gonna arrive late in the box like a Frank Lampard or something. I, I still think that him and Gallagher should be switching roles here. I think Gallagher should be higher up because out of the midfield three, he's the most likely to score for me. Mm-hmm. More likely than Enzo and Caicedo. I, yeah. And I think Fernandez, Fernandez's passing range is being limited by actually how high he's playing up. I know the whole reason we got Caicedo was for Enzo could play high up, but now I'm starting to think that they should be together in that midfield and that Gallagher should be higher up. And then, you know, when Chukomeko and Cuckoo come and come back, that maybe they should be in that role instead of mm-hmm. Gallagher. There's an argument to be made there. That's a discussion later when they get healthy. But, you know, I think that I think that position behind Jackson should be a midfielder that is almost almost like a second forward and can score. Yeah. And I don't think that's Enzo. What do no. you think from Enzo or Jackson today? I mean I'm pretty much in the same agreement. Yeah, not honest. not the um, best players on the pitch. No, they weren't. Um, they're good moments, but yeah. I I can think of like at least five other players that were playing better than them. I was happy to see uh, improvement from Rodrick. Yes, like, so like you were saying, I I so yeah, I did not see it. not many times last season, you know, because we had so many players coming in and out and injured, and not many times did he really start a game, two games in a row. That was always Polisic's thing. Was that if you know when we had Polisic. If he started games in a row, you would start to see performance. But they he would always they would always get a start. And now he was injured a lot too. But and then he would sit the next game and all of a sudden his momentum's just dead. Sometimes as these attackers, you really just need to start and you you might you might get through two or three rough games. Um and then you start to see some progress. I think you know, we play this midweek game on Brighton. I would start him again. Yeah. His I agree. You know, he looked really bad during the international break when he was playing for his country. Um he's starting to like He's starting to like grasp a little bit and starting to get some confidence because as an attacker, that's you just need so much confidence, yeah. don't you? I mean, if you if your confidence is in the drain, I mean, you forget sit him about down, it. And you sit him down too. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I'm still happy that he played 60 minutes. Um, but yeah, I would agree with. You. I think Sterling should have came off and not not Mudrick. I think Mudrick still had a little bit to offer. He he seems like one. So. He seems like one of those players that could just get like a random goal out of nowhere. Um, we talk about Caicedo coming back in the team. Um, didn't see him play last week because he came back from his Ecuador international break with a knock. So we hadn't really seen him play since the Nottingham match, like which three weeks ago at this point. Um, pretty good, right? He did. No, um, I, mean, I can't really say anything bad. I mean, it's it's one of those players where you don't really notice him, but that's kind of a good thing because yeah. if you do notice him, that's probably means he's doing something wrong. Um, yeah, he did his job well. Uh, there was that one challenge he made where I think they they called it a foul. A foul. But, it was and, uh, stupid. Yeah, it was really it was really like a hip and shoulder check, and you know I don't think it was a foul. Um, really physical midfielder wins the ball back a lot. Along with Gallagher, those two. That's a pretty good combo back there, winning the ball back a lot. Uh, Tiago Silva. I gotta say it. I gotta say it. It's a hot take. <laughs> he was very, very good for 70 minutes. Yes. In the 73rd minute, he was. He he kind of made the mistake for the goal. Now, yes, Sanchez should have done better, 
But that counterattack was started by Thiago Silva just having a piss-poor touch in the midfield, which is not a position he's probably comfortable with. Trying to take a touch in the midfield, that's not, you know, he was probably higher up than he probably should have been. I think he was coming back from, like, a set piece or something, so he wasn't fully back in position. Well, to be very honest, at his age, I mean, he did do, like, 70-some minutes, you know what I mean? Of really good play, yeah. yeah. And he ends up playing the whole match, and he finished, and, you know, after that mistake, I don't think he made another mistake. And, no. And he played some really, really good cross-field balls. I want to give him his due praise. Um, I just, I'm starting, as, as these games start to go on, and we're starting to see, like, you know, Levi Colbo playing a left back, which I, a lot of people don't really like, I'm starting to, like... I'm starting to be okay with phasing him out of the team and starting. I agree. Starting kind of like um, Aspie. I started like Aspie last year. I, you know, he's kind of starts on the bench, but can certainly come on at the end of the match. Clearly, yes. can start can start a match if we have two week if we have two matches within a week. Can certainly start that that second one. Um, and, and and it's nothing against him because I I love. Yeah, yeah just turned thirty nine this past week. Um, his his. Mindset is just great, you know? Elite, yeah. He's very elite, and I think that's, you know, the reason he's out there is because he's, like, the oldest player, and he has probably the most leadership on the team, and, you know, they, they need someone like that. Um, By the way, speaking of leadership, Connor Gallagher, once again, the captain for the second match yes. in a row. So, uh, gets the captain them out to Stanford Bridge for the first time. Really big moment for him and his family, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure they would have liked to win as well. Um, Yeah, so it's almost like we have two captains kind of field because Pochettino said, well, Silva doesn't need the armband because he leads by example. Um, you know, Gallagher gets the army because it kind of enhances him a little more. Um, you know, and he speaks the language too. So that's why he said that, you know, Enzo hasn't been receiving the armband is because, you know, he's not exactly as familiar with the language yeah. um, yet. So can't really communicate with the referee as much. Um, yeah. Uh, Levi Colwell next. Look, I still, I still think he's being hampered by playing this left back position. It's not his best position. I think he should be playing where Silva is. Um, and whether Silva moves over to where DeSassi is, or we just, Keep in DeSassi. Um, that's for debate. Body of Chile suffered a setback in training for Angie, but when he comes back, there's a lot of debate about whether Levi and Body of Chile should play in a back four together and both Silva and DeSassi should go um, to the bench. Uh, yeah, look, his range of passing is just not as good from that left back spot. He's, yeah. he's a really, really good passer for a center back, and it's being hampered a little bit by playing in that position. Um, I, I still, you know, this is the second game in a row we don't see Chilwell start. Um... You know, because he likes he likes Silva and Cole out there at the same time playing this kind of like weird hybrid back three. And but when we're in defense, it's a back it's a back four. Um, I still think they should put Chilwell back in that position, and Cole should go over to and Silva should sit for a game. That's yeah. what I think. And we actually have a good opportunity to do this because we have a midweek match um, on Wednesday in the Carabao Cup against Brighton. Um, so this is a good opportunity to do that because you don't really want Silva playing twice within the span of four days, anyways. That probably wouldn't be the plan anyway. So I think this is a good chance to. Go ahead and experiment with that. Um, only problem is that Gusto will be suspended. Um, I have a feeling they're going to stick. Um, I'm not quite sure what they're going to do. We might, we could actually see Matson or Cucurella play because they might go with a back three. Because I think DeSassi is going to have to play right back against Brighton uh, because Reese James isn't back yet and Gusto's going to be suspended unless they appeal that. Well, I think that has a chance to be appealed. I, I mean, hope so. That I'm not. I'm not. We the, we see them sometimes at, admit mistakes like. Um, I'm not going to give them too much credit because they're not the best referee organization <laughs> in the world. I mean, they have they have some bad reputation, but um, I'm, I have a ch- I have a chance that they could um overturn that. Uh, we'll talk about the other substitutes that did not come on. Uh, Ian Motson, Mark Cucurella, David Washington, uh, George A. Petrovich, and Lucas Bergstrom were the five substitutes not used. Uh, so once again, we are still naming two goalkeepers to the bench because uh. We just cannot get healthy enough to. Yeah, I mean, I mean, poor Bergstrom. He's just slim go, pickings. Poor Bergstrom just going going to the game and like he has no chance to get on unless both goalkeepers get hurt. Um. Yeah, uh, Ugochukwu came on. I thought he was good as a sub. He continues to look pretty good. Lost the ball in the midfield once. That was led to a contact. That was pretty scary. Cole Palmer came on for Enzo Fernandez. Um. Again, he's you know he's all three of his matches so far for Chelsea have come on as substitutes. He gets like those last thirty minutes. Uh, looks pretty good. Um. Yeah, certainly looks like he fits in. He still has, he has a dangerous left foot. I think this Brighton match is time for him to get a start. Okay. Um, we can go over our man of the match predictions, by the way, because I picked Cole Palmer and Maria picked Ben Chilwell. Both players did not start the game. Uh, I think we both thought they might they might have a chance to start. They both did come on as subs. I thought they both did pretty well. Yeah. Uh, but still, since we lost, you know, neither of them were certainly man of the match. And since we lost, there's there's no one, I guess, unless it was like clear and obvious. 
Um, no. I would say Sanchez, but he let in that goal. Uh, and then I would maybe say Mudrick, but he got subbed off, and ultimately he didn't get a goal or an assist, so I don't think he deserves it. I, so I, we'll just go with no nobody one. Nobody stood out, to, yeah. to be honest. Let's go for our score predictions. Maria says 2-1 lost Aston Villa, and I also said it would be a 2-1 loss. Can I just we say... Gave, we, gave, we gave ourselves too much credit trying to get one goal there. <laughs> I, to be very honest, I, I came close to saying 0-1. You almost said one nothing Last week, yeah. You're right. So that still puts Marie up 2 nothing for the season. I still don't have one. Seven, eight games in the season, I still don't have one. Um, And at the end of this match, we're going to have two matches to preview, so we're going to make two predictions because I uh, don't think we're going to do a midweek pod for the Brighton match review. Um, It's got that odd uh, Wednesday time slot at uh, 3 p.m. I'm going to try to watch some of that at work. I'm going to try to sneak away. Get some of that on my uh, cellular device. I'm gonna do my best. Um, yeah, we can round out we can round out this match re- review um, with some statistics. Uh, 53.2 possession uh, of the ball for Chelsea to Aston Villa's 46.8. Uh, Aston Villa had seven shots on goal to Chelsea's four. That kind of sums it up. Aston Villa 15 shot attempts to 10 for us. Uh, three yellow cards to R2. Uh, they had 11 corner kicks. We defended a lot of corner kicks, it felt like, yeah. uh, to our five. Yeah. And none of our corner kicks looked dangerous, by the way. We, we looked just like last season, despite all the coaching changes. Like, our corner kicks never looked, da- never looked dangerous. Like, it never looks like we're going to score, despite us having, like, pretty good defenders in there yeah. to get opportunities to score. Like, Silva and DeSauci are the obvious two that I always look at during a corner kick. Um, and then we had six saves to their four. Um, what do you say? What do you say we read some... Uh, what do you say we read some uh, Twitter stuff and see see what the Chelsea Twitter is thinking? Um, oh Lord, here we go. Since uh, since we know uh, it's always a controversial place, right? Yeah, um, very. So we got Con CFC, one of the bigger uh, Chelsea Twitter accounts. It's same old Chelsea. Where do we go from here then? And then one of the replies to that is the championship. <laughs> oh, I sure hope not. <laughs> um, this fan says boss underscore uh, CFC says the board refused to buy experienced players. Sacks, Potch, and we are back to square zero. We have a captain that is more injured than playing football. Oof. Look at what we spend money on. Caicedo, Ugochoko, Lavia. Where, where's the creativity and goals in here? Okay, I don't, I don't really like that end part there. Caicedo, Ugochoko, and Lavia. They're not, they're not being bought to for creativity and goals. I don't think those aren't the kind of midfielders they are. Yeah. Um, that would certainly be more of like Enzo and Gallagher's um status and Chukamaker. Chukamaker's out, of course. Um. This fan says, we are shown relegation form, to be honest. We look completely clueless in front of goal, and any attack against us seems to end up in a goal. Uh, our goal this season could as well be to avoid relegation. I don't think any attack against us seems to end up in goal. I mean, we let in zero goals against Bournemouth, only one against Nottingham Forest, and one against Aston Villa today. Um, it, I mean, that's two goals in three games. Does that really scream any attack to you? Go. It looks like it's going to go in the net. Not really. Yeah. We but... look pretty good in defense, just like last season. Yeah, but... We haven't been really been tested, you know, by the higher yeah. people. Got one here. Uh, clubs, you know. Uh, remain very much supportive of Mauricio Pochettino. He hasn't been perfect, but it was always going to take time. Calling for him to go after six games is embarrassing. What do you think about that? What do you think about some fans calling for Pochettino's head after six that games? That is stupid. That's that is seriously stupid. So early. I, that is the one thing I don't understand about this sport. Like... There's no patience. There's no patience. Yeah. No patience. You, you at would all. never see this in the NFL. Okay. You would like, never see this in the NFL. They have to understand we just spent money on young players planning for the future of the club. Okay. So a little patience is required. I'm I'm not gonna repeat the same club again because that's like batting a de- uh, you know. Beating a dead, batting a dead horse. Beating a <laughs> dead horse. Well, beating it with a bat. <laughs> I mean, that would but be, that would you know be one what way I mean? to do like, it. They're very young in terms of playing the sport. Yes, they've been in academy. They've been in training. They've been playing. But at the same time, like, it's going to take time this, to build yeah. up what they need to succeed as a team. Yeah, I can't blame Pochettino because he, the, trans, he, the transfer he, strategy by his bosses, which are not his decision, were to buy players... 25 exactly. or younger. Like, so what, what is he supposed to do? You know what I mean? Like, he yes, he's manager, but that doesn't mean he gets a say in every player that gets bought and transferred over to him. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. It, you, and if, you can get an opinion in, but at the end of the day, it's not your money that's being used to by these players. Yeah. And look, so. if, if you go back to the last 10 Premier League winners, look at their average age. And this goes for Manchester United, Liverpool, Manchester City. The average age of the Premier League team and win uh, for the last 10 seasons is 26.5, 27.2, 27.6, 28.1. It's always within that 26, 27, 28 range for the last 10 years. Our average age is, uh, I believe, 23. We're we're not, it's just, it's not going to happen. There, I don't think there's even been a club that has been as young as 23 as an average age to have won. I just, I feel. The Premier League. Yeah, like I've, we have the players we need, okay? They just need time to mature to a, uh, the level that they need to be in to play this. Yeah, this, it's just. This sport. And also, maybe a better, I don't know, Therapy team, medical team, I don't know, yes. exercising team, whatever they call it over there. That's our next topic. Okay. We, de- we definitely got something because to talk about that. the fact that we're constantly having injured players at the level that we are and is crazy. And re-injuries is even worse. Okay, it, I'm going to bring up your football team. Okay, it's, it, it really really reminds me of the Ravens, Baltimore Ravens. It's like they're great preseason, they're great in, in training camp. And as soon as the season starts, it's, it's like a damn domino effect. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Ravens, I think we have about seven starters out today against the game against the Indianapolis point, Colts. Point made right so here. We're going to hope to try and come away with that, try to get some players back. i got an interesting tweet here from Raman Osman, who is a uh, writer for LondonWorld.com. Uh, Badad Bali just went into the dressing room. So that is an interesting topic that um that seems to be a thing that... Uh, Say it again. Bedada Bali has went into the Chelsea dressing room, one of the Chelsea owners, one of the oh. majority owners oh, of yeah. uh, Bluco. So, again, what, what do you what do you think the role is of that for an owner to go in the dressing room? Do you think that should be a sacred place between manager, staff, doctors, and players? Yeah, do you, that. Do you, do you, I well, mean, they do you, have no place going down. Do you there. think this could have waited till Tuesday? Like this could have waited? Like this conversation that he's going to have? This conversation when emotions aren't as high. Yeah, I don't feel like. Yeah, I don't feel. He has any business going down there? Yeah, at I, all. Interested to see. Is it more of like an encouragement thing? Like, hey, this is you guys are looking good. Is it more of like a positive thing, or is it? Like it's a, not a positive. Or is it? Thing. Or when is you it see a, an owner going down there after that, it doesn't matter class. what he says. Yeah, it doesn't matter what he says, right? It's no. gonna it's gonna be negative no matter what he says. Yes, like you have no business down there right now. I mean, you own you own the team, but do you have any idea about the sport at all? Yeah. I mean. Uh, We've got a tweet here from At The Bridge Pod, one of my favorite Chelsea podcasts. Shout out to Nicholas Jackson for getting yet another booking, meaning he will miss the next game. You really have to admire the commitment to such stupidity every week. It, I mean, it's dumb. I mean, it's just... I said it earlier in the... As, I, I as a professional earlier. player, it's just... It's idiotic. It's so idiotic. Like, and they even asked they even asked Pochettino about it in the, the press conference, and he said, well, yeah, certainly I've obviously had a conversation with him about that, and he needs to stop, and he needs to improve. So clearly the conversation's been had, and he just did it again today. Exactly. It wasn't the exact same yellow card flash thing, but he still did a stupid... Like, none of his five cards were tackles. No. None of them were challenged. It's all stupid descent yellow cards, and now we don't have a, a proper forward for the next match. We can't... I just don't think we can expect Broya to start that game. And no, no, like, no, we no, can't. no, no, no. We can't. This is how we get players uh, re-injured Re-injured, again. yeah. He needs to be put in like they did with Chile. Uh, we got one. Uh, this will be the last one to read here from Football Chelsea. Zach Tuchel hired Potter and then Lampard. Spent $1 billion yet still lacking massively. Finished 12th and now we're 14th. Medical team clearly not good enough. Pochettino. When, <laughs> when are we going to start talking about what this ownership have done to Chelsea? Man, I, I got to say. The medical team part. Yeah, Thank that's you. the good part. I'm glad we're all on the same page on that one. Yeah, I don't I don't think we can. I don't think a lot of this on Pochettino. I mean, the guy's got half the team that no. he was expecting to have. The guy lost his starting goalkeeper two days before the first exactly. match, which is, was not what he wanted. Um, look, I, I don't know. I did think of this. I, I was I was at work the other day, and I was, you know, sometimes I get the thinking about Chelsea in the middle of my work day, and I just, whether I listen to a podcast or whatever, and I was reading some tweets, I started to think in my head, I'm like, man, did, did this club kind of die when the government sanctioned? They did. Obramovich. They did. I mean, this, I feel like that that was just really dumb. I don't even understand why they even intervened in something like that. It's just crazy. Like, I feel like that would never happen in American sports. Like, I feel like if like we... Like, they had no business doing I, that. I feel like if an NFL team had an owner, and that owner was 
Russian or what whatever country. It's, Maybe he owns it. Who are you to come in and sanction that person? It's crazy. It's it's crazy that, that happened. I mean, you really, really did not have much relationship with him at that point. Like you're really, I don't know. That's a lot of politics we could go into. But certainly, uh, yeah. But certainly, from they what they did destroy, by doing that, they did. I feel like they did destroy. Yeah. A little piece of Chelsea. Oh, this one. And it's just crumbling down. Oh, this one pisses. This one pisses me off. This is from Matt Law, who covers Chelsea, um, uh, for the uh, Daily Telegraph, who um, you know, is one of the more notable Chelsea reporters, and he is an Aston Villa fan at heart. Um, but he covers Chelsea. Uh, Luis and Kamara cost Villa a combined fifteen million pounds, and they were far superior to Fernandez and Caicedo, who cost two hundred twenty million pounds today. I don't know if they were far. I don't know about that. I don't think Kamara and Luis were far superior. I don't think the battle. I don't think the game was won and lost in the midfield today. The, it was more of like the defense. Yes. It was more of the defense for both teams. I thought like their back four was very good, on uh, and their goalkeeper was very good. And we made a goalkeeping mistake, and yes. our defender made a mistake to get us sent off, and that's about it. I don't think. Yeah, that's. Just, I think he's. I think I he's. Know. I think he's just an Astonville fan that's just delighted with the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chelsea HQ said, "Robert Sanchez, thank you for being the only player who gave one hundred percent today." And then someone said, Mudrick played brilliantly, by the way. Like, don't leave him out. Exactly. Yeah, I would say those are certainly the two players. I agree. Those are the two that yes. I'm looking at. That'll wrap up our match review for Aston Villa and Chelsea. It's another one nothing loss. It's another disappointment. Uh, we're sad. <coughs> I want to die. Um, yes, put me out of my misery. Um, let's go over this Ch- Trevor Chalaba personal trainer drama that happened in the middle of the week. Um, there's a lot of different, like... Um, he ended up coming out and saying that he is not his personal trainer. Uh, but the original report from Mailsport um, came out and it says, uh, his name is Ed Hodge. He works closely with Chalba, um, seemed to discuss the Blues issues in a now deleted Twitter post showing what looks to be a private Instagram conversation. So basically this man had a conversation on Instagram with someone who we don't know. And I guess that person took a screenshot and like put it on Instagram or Twitter or something and mm-hmm. then deleted it later. Um, this person, Ed Hodge said, Trev has a hammy injury, should be back to 90% sprint ability by the end of this week. And the person replied with, so glad to hear that. And then, then he comes back and says, most of the injuries are because players have been loaded muscles time and time again without lengthening them simultaneously. Then one lunge into a tackle, uh, or too rapidly and they're injured. Hardly any of them do reformer Pilates or terrain work. Example, stair sprints, hill sprints to strengthen knee ligaments. It's an absolute mess at the moment, bro. Um, what does um what does lengthening them mean? When he's talking about muscles time and time again without lengthening them simultaneously. How do you lengthen a mu- I guess I guess by strengthening a muscle, does that lengthen it? I think it depends <laughs> on the type of um like what it exercise. is. Exercise. Right? Yeah. I've heard of that before, um, but I mean I'm not a therapist or you know. Yeah, um so then Ed Hodge came on Instagram later that day after this post got leaked and said to set the record straight because people are making things up after what I what was posted. Trevor Chalba is a friend only. I was asked when he is back after his injury and I said what I knew from him. I then said my opinion on why I believe there are so many injuries at Chelsea. It's my opinion and not Trev's opinion, and it's not some sort of secret information that the club told me. Um, and then there's one more post um, from the middle of the week. Uh, we then had Chelsea HQ tweet that Chelsea's personal trainer will never be allowed back inside Chelsea after his private messages about the injury crisis were leaked online. So I don't know why okay. I don't know why a friend would be inside Chelsea anyways. If he doesn't work for the club, I don't think yeah. he'd be. And then Trevor Chalbar himself responds, he is not my PT. So he's not my personal trainer. It's a friend only. Uh, both sides confirm that. Uh, but what do you think about his his assessment on the, you know, about what he says? Because I don't know what, you know, he seems to work somewhere in football. I agree. I mean, um, I, I looked up how to lengthen muscles, if, I, if that's what he's talking about. Um, it's a, um, on Google, it says um, resistance training, uh, particularly exercises that sufficiently stretch activated muscles and explosive training. Um, another one says uh, more and more research shows that stretching does not make muscles firmly longer. Instead, stretching reeducates the nervous system to tolerate a greater degree of muscle extension without firing pain signals. Copy so, that. So it sounds like they're, you know, kind of what he said. If From what he said, because uh, obviously maybe Trev is reporting back to them. If he's maybe like, hey, what are you guys doing? And I don't know if Trev's telling them this is what we, when we come in at nine o'clock, this is what we do. Blah, blah, blah. Then we get our boots on, then we go out, then we have a light set, you know. 
Uh, so obviously he doesn't agree. And by the way, I looked up his Instagram real quick. Uh, he's, he considers himself a football performance coach, strength and conditioning trainer, Pilates reformer instructor, and a fascia expert and educator. So that's clearly, so he doesn't work for the club, doesn't, yeah. isn't employed by Chalaba as a personal trainer, but he has, you know, it seems like this guy has some kind of experience in that. And so I, yeah, so we talked about this the other day off the podcast. Why, why, why are, why is someone like this who doesn't work for the club, um, you know, but has the knowledge? Mm-hmm. And why are you and I also able to, to deceive that they are not doing the right stretches, warmups, exercises to strengthen their legs? Because ultimately all these injuries are waist down, by the way, all these injuries it are waist down. It it's, is. it's hamstring, hip, calf, knee. Uh, I just, a little bit of ankle. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, well, like, I, why don't been, they have don't educated professionals for because, this? I mean, with every year, some, something new, um, is learned in terms of sports medicine. That is true. And you, that's would, a growing and you field, would think yeah. you would have somebody that pays close attention to that and maybe, um, puts that into their regimen, Yeah. you know, so that way maybe they can change up with the old stuff that they're using. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Really odd. I don't know. I, I like I've been saying It's really odd that like we've gone through multiple coaches and each coach brings in their own um strength and conditioning coach. Um they all have their own person on their staff that they bring from club to club. Potter has his own hit own uh and then Lampard had his own and now Pacino has his own but why is it the same in the span of a year for three different sets of strength and conditioning coaches? I don't know, but I just feel like if they changed in the way they um, do strength strength conditioning the muscles. It might help alleviate all these hamstrings, um, knee injuries, because that way you're not putting that much um, um, pressure on your ligaments and your knees. And I don't even know what else I'm saying right now, but you know what I mean. I mean, yeah, stronger just... muscles might help with the ligaments and joints and stuff like that because you're not putting all that on the ligaments and cartilage. Yeah, bottom line. Now that I know what I'm saying, but you know, I don't know. Yeah, bottom line, we have the most injuries in the Premier League right now. Out of 20 teams, we have the most. We do. Um, and now some of those are impact injuries. So, like someone like in Cuckoo's injury against that British Dorman precinct, that one doesn't really fall under this. That one, not really. Um, I would even maybe say Fafana's. Uh, how he absolutely tore his ACL and had to get completely reinstructed. I don't think that one falls under. This is more of like Reese James, uh, Body of Chile, uh, maybe even Chuck Omeka's, although his was kind of contact as well. Um, players like that, where it's just like, I don't really understand. I, I just feel like the fact that we have, mo- most of them are American um, owners, and they own football teams, uh, basketball teams, baseball, baseball teams, you would think they try to incorporate whatever they use for rehabilitation or maintaining the conditioning of their players there and maybe try and transfer some of that knowledge here to help assist the players they have in this sports. You would think, yeah. And I guess my only guess is that they're new to this sport and they just, they can't figure it out. They can't figure it out. Like what? Everybody else around them has I mean, figured it out. Obviously this sport more than those other sports you mentioned, they run more. And there's more, everything is more hip down based um, in terms of like what, what muscles are being used. It's more about hip down. Um, yeah, I don't know. We just got to hope that this improves. Um, I still, I think they're doing a good job of not rushing players back. It seems like, yes, because uh, obviously we don't have like big midweek European games that we're trying to push players back for. Like we used to with like Ingolo Conte, Kovacic. We used to do that a lot with those two. Um, yeah, so that rounds up that drama. Not too many uh, other Topics. It's actually been like kind of a calm week in Chelsea, which is like kind of nice. Every time you scroll on, there's not a new crisis or something. Still waiting to hear about the sponsor. Still don't have a sponsor on the shirt, uh, which is fine because I want to. I want to get the shirt soon, anyways. I don't really want to sponsor on it, so uh, completely fine with that. Whatever. Um, so we're talking about the match reviews. We're gonna do two match previews um, next because uh, I don't think we're gonna do a pod after this um, Chelsea Brighton midweek match. Um, it, this is kind of a unfavorable, um, fixtures for us because, uh, we both work, uh, for these next two games. Uh, they play Brighton on Wednesday. That'll be a two forty five kickoff for our time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they play Fulham on, and they got the Monday slot at 3 PM. I hate that slot. The Monday slot. So boring. Who yeah. wants to watch on a Monday at 3 PM? Well, I'm, I'm sure I can't. I'm sure I'm sure living in the UK that's a nice slot Monday night. It's kind of like Monday night football here in the NFL. Yeah. It's probably like that what that is. 
Uh, so we're going to go ahead and do match preview for Brighton. Uh, look, it's midweek match. Uh, this would kind of think where you, uh, you know, it's a league cup. This might be where you see some rotation. I'm hoping Brighton rotate because I just do not want to play their first team right now. I'm hoping they rotate. Uh, they won 3-1 today, by the way, against Bournemouth. Um, this might be a game where you see um, Billy Gilmore could play against us. Um, I just see Caicedo go against his old team for the first time. Robert Sanchez go against his old team for the first time. Um, although I think I think Petrovic will start this game. I think this is where we're going to finally see George Petrovic, the Serbian goalkeeper, okay. get his first match. Um, we can go over our score predictions and our man of the match reviews. Um, like I said, I think they're going to rotate. I think they're going to rotate a bit, but I think they still want to win. I, I'm still not sure if Jackson is suspended for this match or if he's suspended for the Monday Fulham match. Um, I wouldn't pick him at all anyway. No, I mean, he's the only with one. His behavior, with his behavior. He's the only right one in that position. There's no one else that plays striker. They just did not sign another striker. Um, I don't think Broya is just ready enough yet. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna go two in a row. I think I need to stop changing my picks over. I'm going to go with Cole Palmer again for this Brighton match. And I'm going to stay on a little positive side. I think because Brighton might rotate a little bit, I'm going to get back on the positivity train. I think Chelsea win by the lovely margin of one to zero. I think we keep a clean sheet against Brighton. I think they're going to rotate a little bit. Um, I think Petrovic is going to have a good match. I think Cole Palmer will get the lone goal in a one nothing win. What are you thinking uh, for your man of the match? What are you thinking for the score prediction for the Brighton midweek? Man of the match? I, I don't even know. But I think, I'm sorry, I'm going to say 2-1 two, two loss. 2-1 two to one loss to Brighton? Yep. Copy that. We're going to write that down because... I don't want to forget that. 2-1 to one loss to... Right. Oh, I'm typing in all caps. So two to one loss <laughs> <laughs> to Brighton, and Tyler says uh, one nothing win. Um, what are you thinking, Matt? Man of the match? You can just pick anyone. Shot in the dark. I'm gonna just keep Ben. Okay, you're gonna stick with Ben. Yes. Um, okay, so we'll move on to the um, match preview against Fulham. That'll be Monday, October second, uh, three p.m. our time, eight p.m. local time. Uh, a London derby. Uh, we get to see Willian. Uh, for the <laughs> first time um, in a while since last season. Um, let's see what they did this week. I think they played yesterday. Uh, they tied 0-0 uh, with Crystal Palace. They went the whole game. I did catch, I think, the second half of that match. Um, yeah, they're starting Raul Jimenez at striker. Um, Joel Paulinho is a midfield you have to worry about. He almost went. He almost left the club in the summer. Uh, that move ended up breaking down. He was like in Germany. Holding, I think he took pictures holding up the jersey. I think he was going to go play for Thomas Tuchel in Bayern Munich. And he literally holding up the jersey, and they just didn't get the paperwork done time. They're like, all right, you got to go back. So he's back in Fulham. Really good um, really good midfielder for them. Uh, Anthony Robinson, pretty good left back for them. American contingent, so we like him. Uh, and then they uh, they brought off the bench Harry Wilson to Alex Iwobi. They have some pretty good wingers, uh, like depth at wingers. Uh, so we'll see who they start. This will be the first game um, of October. We can go ahead and look at this October run that this starts with. Um, so it starts October 2nd with Fulham. And then we play Burnley, who I believe are in uh, either last place or second to last place right now. Uh, they're either in 19th or 20th. They're in 20th place. So they're actually they're actually below Luton uh, just by goal difference. So mm -hmm. Burnley not doing as good um, as we thought they would. I still think they will. Um, I still think they'll they'll stay up this season. I think it's just a slow start for them. But uh, Vincent Company not getting off to a good start um, in the Premier League. And then they play Arsenal on October 21st. That's a big, big Saturday and they got the, the good time slot for that. Um, so that's another London Derby. And then they finish out the month of October with, yes, another London Derby against Brentford. That's the Saturday, 7.30 in the morning kickoff. Hate that time. Hate that one. Got to get up early on a Saturday. Come on. Time to sleep in. And then if we advance in the Carabao Cup, there will be a, a Carabao Cup game probably in between that Arsenal and Brentford match um, because I think there's going to be an international break in October um, in between that Burnley and Arsenal match. So what are we thinking for Fulham, Chelsea? This will be their return to the Premier League. Um, it's a weird Monday slot. They kind of... I don't think we necessarily have a good history at that slot one, uh, in one, one. recent years. Maria's going to go with 1-1 one, one draw. Um, God, I want to be positive so bad. We kind of struggled against Fulham last year. I think they beat us once and we tied them once. Uh, so we kind of struggled against them. This one is at Craven Cottage, uh, which is at Fulham Stadium. Uh, of course, that's just down the road. I think it's like a... Something like a 15-minute... We haven't been there, but it's something like a 15 to 20-minute um, transit over there. It's really, really close. Um, damn. Maria says 1-1. One, one. Let me write that down. Mastia. Maria says 1-1. One, one. Draw to Fulham. 
I don't want to forget this. I don't want to listen to this back. I'm trying to remember this. Um, man, that's actually a good shout. I kind of want to go, but I want to go with something. I want to go with different. I, I almost want to go two two, but that that would mean that we'd score two goals in the game, and that just seems impossible. <laughs> like get, getting one is like a miracle. I'm gonna. This is gonna be unpopular. This is gonna be unpopular. I'm gonna go with a zero zero draw. I really, I really think they might draw. I mean, we're. It's just we gotta. I gotta go with the trend. The trend right now is they are not scoring goals. However, the defense. Seems pretty good. I'm just going to continue with that trend. Um, of course, I hope they just smashed them 3-0. That'd be amazing. Uh, man of the match performance, uh, you picked uh, Chilwell for the Brighton mid-match review, and I picked Cole Palmer. Um, so I'm going to go with someone different. Um, I'm not sure if Jax... I'm not going to pick Jax because I'm not sure if he's back for this game. I'm going to pick Murdrick for uh, Fulham. Oh, that's a good one. Damn. That's a good one. I don't know if Matawake will be back. I don't. I almost want to pick Matawake. I don't know if he'll be back. Um, you can imagine Sterling will start anyways. He'll definitely start. Medrick's a good shout. That's a good shout, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go Robert Sanchez because I think his performance today also, okay. um, basically I, they did that two that, that played well this. Yeah. This, I, I, I'm going to stick with match. that. I'm going to stick with that trend. I'm going to go off a little bit of recency bias. That's going to do it for us today. Maria, anything you want to leave the listeners with? It's NFL Sunday. Go Ravens, <laughs> go Seahawks. That's what we're going to be doing for the rest of the day. Yeah. No, I don't. I, I just hope to see better. Um, results in the upcoming, you know, season. That's it. Yeah, the performances are very honest. Performances are decent. I wouldn't yeah. say they're great, but performances are decent. Certainly up from the last three months of the last season. They're be- it's better than that. However, just got to get that ball in the back of that freaking net, right? Exactly. So follow us on Twitter at Chat Chelsea Pod. Follow us on Instagram, Chat and Chelsea Pod. Leave us a five star review wherever you listen Google, Apple, Spotify. Help us with the algorithm there. Leave us reviews. Uh, send us tweets. Send us questions. Whatever you guys want to do. And yeah, up the chels, stay blue, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.